Hello, everyone. For today's episode of EmblemCast, I'd like to thank our patrons, Mr. Rabbit, Elliot, Slurm, Hobo, Alex, Spino, Cody, and Isaac for supporting us on Patreon. If you guys want to help us out, you can find us at patreon.com slash EmblemCast. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 46th episode of EmblemCast. This is, once again, a little bit of a special episode. We're going to be tackling today our retrospective of Fire Emblem 8, The Sacred Stones. Darren, Keegan, Sheffin, Huster, how are you guys doing today? How are you doing on this, uh, what is this, Thursday evening? Thursday (laughs) Hey, it's Uh, only a weekday this time. It's not a date yet. That's true. That's true. Well, I, I'm in an interesting position because I am currently in the desert in California. So huh. Ooh. So you, so you had crazy – yeah, you, you had an uh, orange sky yesterday, like right? Red. Yeah. Yep. So I'm getting – so are you on – are you on fire right now, though? That's the mm-hmm. question. I'm not on fire. Are you currently burning? Good. That's yeah. good. Good not to know. Do we need water? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a um, cry for fact, help? Where I am, before all this started, it was like 120 degrees. So the smoke is actually blotting out the sun and honestly making it a lot more pleasant. So obviously, well, there you go. It's a very serious topic. You know, lots of people's lives are, you know, very poorly affected by this. But, you know, for me personally, other than the whole like eye watering smoke choking factor of it, it's it's kind of pleasant. Well, yeah, like, kind of like, kind of like so how many people's outside. lives have been poorly affected by the fire emblem community lately. Anyway, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about fire emblem eight today. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go as we usually do. We're gonna talk in our first segment about uh, our draft teams and everything. Honestly, just because this is. Not only is this a shorter game, but uh, it has a smaller cast, and there were five of us for... Jeff, this is normally a four-person draft, right? And we extended it to five? Yeah, it's typically a four-person draft. Yeah, so I, I think this will probably... Um, honestly, this will probably end up being our shortest retrospective in general, I would assume. <laughs> probably not three hours don't, like Genie Don't, don't start being bold with that yet. We haven't even started, my guy. That's true. We haven't started yet, but um, we're going to talk about our draft picks first, then we're going to go very quickly into questions, uh, and then after that, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the game. But before that, why don't we just, as we usually do, I believe, why don't we just very quickly go around in a circle and say, what are your guys', especially you know, after doing this recent uh, replaythrough, because I know all of us have played Sacred Stones before, um, what are you guys' thoughts on Fire Emblem 8? I can start if you want. Um, this has reaffirmed in my mind. I need to replay FE7, as I talked about in the Fire Emblem 6 retrospective. But this has reaffirmed in my mind that this is one of my favorite games in the series. While there's flaws, and while it's pretty criminally easy for the series, um, I'm still kind of of the belief that Awakening is easier, even though I know some people disagree with that. Uh even though it's easy and there are flaws, this game is super fun and it's it's you know it's it's a relatively quick game compared to other games, especially compared to the other GBA games. Um, 
And it's got a, a pretty strong story. I like the cast of characters. Uh, it's definitely the best-looking GBA game. They all got kind of incrementally better. And th th this, I think, is unquestionably the best-looking game um, I don't think anyone on the platform. No, yeah, no, I, don't I don't think, think so. I don't think thing. so. And uh, it, I don't know, it added some some cool stuff, like branching class promotions, even if it was a little bit, you know, um, a little bit more vanilla, not quite as fleshed out as it would be in, in later entries, but it, it brought back the skill system, sort of. It was a start. I mean, it was a start. It was a start. It does cool things, and I, I love Sacred Stones a lot. And I, honestly, I think... If you're just getting into this series for the first time, a lot of people say FE7, which is still a great choice. Um, I think Sacred Stones is probably equally as good of good of a, an entry point um, to the Fire Emblem series. Darren, why don't you go? Well, I gotta say, I haven't touched this game since my YouTube's draft channel, or not my draft legendary channel, run, the legendary run, run there, which yeah. was. A disaster, and I was with, really nervous. With great going night into friends, this. right? Yeah, great night friends. Everyone's favorite mm -hmm. friend. Uh, <laughs> so I was like really nervous going, going like, oh man, I have. I remember struggling a lot on hard mode with my weird ass units, but I think a lot of it mm -hmm. actually did come to the weird unit choices that myself and my friend Andy made that uh, made that run really difficult because this one went super smoothly for the most part. And uh, honestly, this was this like was the easiest draft so far. Right? Yeah, we'll, we'll, I, don't, I don't know about we'll you guys. You still didn't finish. We'll get into that as well. We'll, we'll but... get into this shortly. But I, I agree with everything you said, Devin. I think this is a really fun game. This is the first mm -hmm. run I've done where I've never, I didn't do any sort of grinding. And that made yeah, this same, remarkably actually. quick for me. My playtime was six hours, which I was very impressed by. Is that in-game time or no? Uh, that's what the in-game timer said. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so that's what my, my total time was there. Uh, I had a really fun time, surprisingly brief, especially because those first, like, what, six chapters, almost seven, are dedicated to, like, the, the tutorial part of the game. basically. It's, yeah. it's, it's the Lin mode. Thing. Yeah, like, your Lin mode is, like, chapters one through, what, like, eight? And then, because of the like almost split, ten the chapters. game I think I think it might be 21. ten, yeah. Yeah, I, I so also... half the game is Lin mode, basically. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> In, in a way that is very true. I will say, doing this replay, I I I did get a bit of a newfound appreciation for this game. I'm sure we'll get into it a bit more in detail, mm -hmm. and I'll go into that. But like like you said, Devin, it looks great. It sounds really great. The music, I, re I was re great. remembering how good the music was in this game. It's uh, quite best phenomenal. music on on the GBA uh, Fire Emblems. I, I would think, say. I think this game has the best Fire Emblem quotes. <laughs> in terms of like lines of dialogue of characters talking to each other like there's mm -hmm. a lot of really good zingers people pop there's each no other. this is america though <laughs> or in america i'm sorry yeah no in america yeah man that bamboos will be so good when we played freaking thracia but yeah i think <laughs> i think i think, yeah, I think we we it's a great free, time uh, project naga didn't we i say yeah we, we did part of it, but hmm. i think some of us did if, if i remember um i started i think both you and I started Husser like a week before Project Naga came out, and I just started. You're thinking uh, of FE4. That, yeah. uh, that one's from yeah. Thracia. Yeah, yeah Project no, is Project Naga the Thracia patch name as well? No. Or no? Oh, it's no. not. No. Yeah, you got, you got your games mixed up. You got your patch oh, okay. Mixed up. Okay. At any rate, okay. Sacred Stones is great. Who else is. wants to jump in with their. All right, I'll go next. Sure. So, okay. 
Sacred Stones, I played it in, in the waning days of high school. Like, I, I had a bad case of senioritis when I played it for the first time, so I was just doing it, like, in class. Um, and it's it's definitely a good game for that, because you don't have to think about it very much as you're playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, as a side effect of that, I was kind of half-distracted the whole time. I didn't have the sound on, obviously. Um, you know, I wasn't really paying much attention, which, like, the game works when you play it that way. But this is probably the first time I played it seriously. And part of that also was that my draft team was fucking awful, which also meant for the first time that I had to think about the gameplay. Um, so I have to say that kind of maybe come away with a more positive impression. You know, it does something, this game and FE4 are extremely different in most ways as like as different as Fire Emblem games can be from each other, but they have something in common, which most of the rest of the games of the series don't do as much. And that is a very well conveyed dark atmosphere. It's really oh, yeah. undercut by how easy the gameplay is. But Sacred Stones, it's got this very uneasy vibe to it. Part of that is the darker color palettes, which are, I think, pretty much an objective improvement over FE6 and 7. Um, the music yeah. is better, and it's better at conveying a mood. You know, FE6 and 7 are very cheery. It's very bright. It fits with the sprite work. It fits the tone of those games. But FE8 is going for something darker. Um, Dr same with its more tragic villain compared to, like, I mean, I guess Nurgle has, like, tragic elements if you, like, play it in Japanese and go through the, like, 19xx shit. But, like, it's not really in the forefront at all. It's not Whereas really Leon a, is much more... I, I don't... Even yeah, I, I don't think... Yeah. I don't think Leon and Nurgle are even comparable as no. villains. I think Leon's not far superior. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I don't even think it's close. No. Yeah, so I have to say, this this whole draft kind of changed my tune completely. Before, I kind of rated it as disposable, you know? You know, just I thought kind of that just because I could beat it without thinking about it at all, that it was not worthy of any consideration or thought. And now I no longer think that's true. There's a lot to this game. You know, the fact that it's easy undercuts that because you can totally just blunder through it without paying attention to anything and very easily beat it anyway. Um, but you don't have to. There is more there if you're willing to look for it. And I think it's worth doing. You can yeah. get a lot out of it, especially in terms of tone and atmosphere. Um, in which I would say it's probably one of the best in the series, other than maybe FE4 and 5. You also brought up a great point, Husser, about the how like the tones conveyed in like the gameplay and like the situations. And I think the game does a really good job of that with some of like the battle scenarios feeling particularly helpless. Like in the canyon yeah. chapter for Erica, where, where you get attacked from behind with another boss. Yeah. Like that's a great you know, and example then you of like the play them and they're not hopeless at all. Yeah, you, they, you you just bum rush you just bum rush the boss and you win. Yeah. But in terms but they of try. like yeah, and if you and if you have a know, god awful draft team like I did or like you did with Andy all those years ago, <laughs> then then suddenly it does do what it was setting out to do, and you do yeah. feel kind of hopeless and frenzied and panicked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Keegan, why don't you go now? I, I can't remember when we, I know when we did um, the FE6 retrospective, we all kind of ranked the GBA games, and I don't remember where I put FE8, if I put it for, where I put, I think I put it below FE6, I'm pretty willing to change that now, because while I, I'll give FE6 the, the points in the gameplay, just because it makes me think more, it's more challenging in this game, you can, as we've already said, and we're going to say, can't even tell you how many more times, that you can turn your brain off and the game plays itself almost. Like, despite that, it's still, I mean, everything about the presentation, the, like you were saying, the storytelling and the atmosphere and the mood is just, it's great, even by this story standards, even by this, um, the, even by comparing it to the GBA games, even by comparing it to the rest of the series, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Chef. 
you you round us out here. Uh, I'm sort of just trying to remember since did, I did did, did did the playthrough like way back and send. See, and, Chef, you should just start been that long. It's probably been two or three months. I would well, like. see, it's more of the in between. I cause I, stre I streamed the game for my drop on her, uh, Rin. And just I streamed mm -hmm. that, and then after that we did like a big just playthrough of a bunch of other games. Did FE four, five, six, seven as well. Then did uh, Final Fantasy okay. Tactics. Oh, wow. oh, you did XCOM, and then we're currently on uh, Wasteland three. Oh. So it's like hmm. trying to remember it, but I would honestly say FE eight, uh, one of the best Fire Emblems out of all of them. Pretty much all, all of pretty much all of Fire Emblem's strengths on display and uh, all of its weaknesses sort of uh, minimized to a bit. They're still there, but they're minimized, and it really is like easily like top three or top five of all Fire Emblem games. I would agree. All right, so why don't we get into our draft teams very quickly? Um, I'm going to read off and then whoever wants to go first can go first so i'll just go in order of the uh the draft order here so darren's team was um gilliam vanessa joshua sale garcia ewan garrick Sheffin had null dussel kyle lara shell arthur amelia cormag uh i had marissa renak tana Mulder, colm ewan cormag husser had namey Dazla, Inez, Murr, Natasha, Ewan, Garrick. And last but not least, Keegan had Ford, Lute, Cyrene, Ross, Franz, Amelia, Cormag. We should also mention that if these teams sound scuffed, that's because they are. They were. They were they not are. drafted by us, in case you <laughs> no, didn't they were not. draft episode. They were drafted yes. by people who did not know what the hell they were doing, and that was kind of the point. Mm -hmm. I feel like I should also mention to Devin that E W A N Ewan is a real name that like people. I know it's really just have. we we talked about this last time. I know like it's technically Ewan if you pronounce it, but I, I don't know. Some people say Ewan. I feel didn't I, we also didn't we did like also said that, that I thought we agreed on Ewan, but then not Ewan. None of us actually looked it up in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever. We'll time. call him. We'll call him Ewan. Anyway, uh. I think yeah, chef. You... I think chef should start us off since he. All right, all right, do, all right. He's yeah. probably in thinking of his overview. He's probably had to go in his memory banks and think about you know. That's that, very true. That very brief two-hour run he did of the game. Sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. Two hours. That's bold. Setting the world record <laughs> while doing a draft team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... First of all, chef, we we should all start with this. I think. Um, did you play both the Erica and Ephraim route, or did you play did just both. one? You did both. I did, okay. Yeah. Yeah, a friend wanted to see what both routes looked like, and I was like, sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of how everything went, uh, it was kind of rough early on because I didn't have anyone until Ar I didn't have anyone until Arter, and then I didn't have anyone <laughs> I didn't have anyone again until Kyle, <laughs> and then then Ephraim Shaw was actually a lot easier because I'm sort of immediately got a Dussel Cormag, and Cormag, yeah. yeah, which was really nice, but then Erica's route, oh man, that was... Yeah, that sounds rough. That was, that was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah. You basically had to roll with that four-man team for most of the route. Yeah, four-man team, and then get Amelia, and then, man, Amelia's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It, it, it really is, like, 
I was I'm thinking about I really should have drafted Colm just so on Erica's route I could have gotten the double speed wings. I mean, See, it's not you like could, yeah, well, you, you didn't have a pick, pick though. Yeah. Nah, well, no, you have to steal it. You have, for the double speed wings, you have to steal it on Erica's route, steal it the first time, and then let her escape, which is like on like turn twenty. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then recruiter, but it's like uh, that that double speed wings would have been really nice instead of actually trying to use her. I think. I think the best I got her was like I got her like level two paladin by the like end of the game for my F frame round. Nice, dude. <laughs> but nice. she she still only had like twelve strength. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like the best that Amelia can aspire to be as a paladin, and she's still a bad paladin. And it was like, man, I I even like memed to have like Kyle as like a great knight, and he he was still he was like faster and stronger both times. <laughs> and Kyle really harder, better, like, faster, well stronger. One of the worst Christmas casts. Yeah, I mean, they both will are, point really. out yeah. in the Andy run, General Amelia was not half bad. Oh. <laughs> was able to get to a fight in order to be not half bad, though. I mean, yeah. you kind of have to bring the fight to her, but you, you know, <laughs> you make it work. Yeah, but I will say, uh, Noel, Noel, Noel is fun. Just messing around with Nosferatu and summons. Did you did you use that the master a, seal yeah, immediately summoner. on him or no? Yeah, you're, uh, okay. On Erica's route, I did not on Ephraim's route. Yeah, okay. On, yeah, because on on Erica's route, you're like contractually obligated to just have him visit the village and then just yeah. use the master seal. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. The only thing so. It's just only other really thing. Lara Shell also really really sad. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Like what? She's like what level four, three or four staff user with D staves. I think Troubadours don't even yeah. have. She's three. Don't even have like full mounted move. It's just. Do they uh, not? I didn't know no. that. No, they're 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 one off. Yeah, they've got huh. a plastic fake horse. Yeah, it's like, oh, why? <laughs> why? Why? It's crazy, why crazy how much you're better so you're what? That's why horse slayers don't work on them in FE6 because they're not real horses. No, <laughs> figured it out. But th uh, they also doesn't work on nomads. But those are definitely real horses. Oh yeah. <laughs> Place a K and you'll see. Just whole... <laughs> yeah, those are very real horses. Yeah. yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just a, sh it's just a shame like how grave a character Lara Shell is, and then just like, and she just sucks. how want want it is. <laughs> at like, least, I mean, at least she's not like Amelia. Valkyrie. She's, she's not much better. And no one would use her, but she's not even that. And she joins like what, like four chapters from the end of the game. No, no she she no. she joins probably like, like, yeah, like, like at least twelve, maybe eleven. Yeah. Okay. yeah, you got about a dozen, but it's still like all right, a that's dozen, still, a dozen yeah, off staff exp here. Level. Let's yeah. go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it, the D stave kind of really sucks, and you still need you still need to raise the staff rank to get to barrier to be able to spam. That's true. At least, I mean, at least Lara Shell has torch to use that you can spam on or yeah. join chapter. But but at least Lara Shell has more utility than someone like Amelia, where even if she's not doing anything good, she can still just like heal and provide more value than just like sitting there. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those <laughs> speed, those speed wings get me to a lot of doubling thresholds. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's the nice thing about draft. Your units that are like much worse than the rest of your team. They're still going to be on the field, so you still might as well use them. So you yep. find ways to, you know, make them work, however that is. Did you promote her to uh, Mage Knight or Valkyrie? Uh, she didn't promote on the Erica run. On the F-Frame run, she got to Mage Knight. 
What's what's considered the best class? I honestly don't remember between the two. I, I don't remember. Uh, Only it really matters, does it? I don't know. Which one? I which one has better caps for the creature campaign? Yeah, better caps for the creature campaign. And thinking about, it, I can't actually, I can't actually think of a reason to like actually like go either way. No. I mean, you want but, to get that uh, that lion unlock, right? Hmm. Uh, yeah, if you're going, if you're going for what? What is oh, the yeah. lion unlock? Like to beat the creature no power like ten you times? To, you, have to, yeah, you, have to, you have to beat the ruin, second like set of ruins times. seven times. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! Let's see, that's better. Can you imagine if we included the creature campaign in this draft? Holy we just shit. wouldn't. I will say, I will say, I, I have, in my youth, done that once. Man. Wow. I'm sorry, to hear. You, I'm sorry for your time loss. Yeah, Was it worth yeah. it? No. Because at that, at that point, he's not what even, like, cost? max level. It's like, what do I do with him? Yeah, what's left at that point? You've done was it. Was it worth having to repeat your uh, your sophomore year of high school or whatever just to get <laughs> just to get Leon. <laughs> he, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. For pretty much it for me. Uh, How, right. did did you like your team first off? You had uh, you had a pretty you had a reasonably I, solid I, team. I liked Arthur and Dussel and Noel. I'll say that. True. What about Cormac? about my team? Everyone else was like, no. Womp womp. Alright. Well on the other end of that, why don't we go? Husser, why don't you go? Yeah. Because you, so, you had a oh you had a hell God, of a team. My fucking team. So Srin, my sister, she's great. I love her and everything. Um but But you've disowned her, I assume, right? Well, here's the problem. She was looking at the concept art and thought the bows were good. So she gave me all the archers, which uh, in Fire Emblem is a colossally bad idea. And in a very enemy-phase focused Fire Emblem like FE8 is an even more colossally terrible idea. So that's how you end up with first-round Mamie pick. Um, who, <laughs> oh my god. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure I... Actually, did I level... No, I didn't even level 10 promoted a ranger. I got her to 20, because like it was just her and Erica for like all of, you know, Lin mode, basically. So, like, Naomi got the best-case scenario. She got a lot of XP. She got, you know, everywhere she needed to go. And she's still only, like, okay. Like, I I think we'll have, um, like, Imger links or whatever to our to our teams. But you can see, if you do, that, like, I did Ranger Naomi and Ranger Garrick, and they're basically the same. And I did level 10 promote Ranger Garrick. So, like, all that investment just made her, like, pretty similar to someone who took no investment to get to well, and looking at them right now like comparing the screenshots you have now like yeah. garrick is immensely bulkier like yeah. he's got like 20 more hp and like 12 more defense and that like, naming is better speed, so she can double which is not nothing but like the enemies in fea even on hard mode are so terrible that garrick was still doubling most of them and yeah. he had any bulk he was like the only one on my team with any bulk too yeah, it was it was bad, man. Like I tried, so I beat Erica mode because my team is like basically an Erica mode team exclusively. I tried to go back to Ephraim and I just I couldn't do it, man. Like I go ship just said no. It's so, but yeah, I got to go ship and I was like, well, I could spend like ten hours save scumming to make this work, or I could just like live my life. So I'm go ship. You only had what Ephraim and uh, Naomi. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that can happen. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> or, or you just undeploy, undeploy Naomi and just javelin up. Yeah. So Garrick and Dozla, I'm gonna name together because they like had any bulk, so they were extremely useful. I sacked Dozla early, which is why I don't have a screenshot for him because they were all taken on the final map. Um, I'm but sorry he put in work. 
not not because of killing stuff, but just he put in work because he could take a hit, which is extremely rare on my team. So, <laughs> so that's pretty nice. Innes, I always kind of thought was like like a Shinon, but like worse. Like okay, he's a pre-promote sniper, so like snipers are bad, but like at least he can one round stuff, and like he's good in that sense. But he's he really wasn't. Like I don't, I'm not totally sure if I just got a screwed Innes or if he's just really bad. But he was extremely underwhelming. Like he. You can see that he's outclassed in stats by both Naomi and Garrick, and he doesn't have a horse, so he was just kind of awful. Um, which is cool, because he was, like, one of my better units, and he was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, like, barely above his bases. I'm pretty sure his offensive stats are, like, 15 across the board or something like that, around yeah. there. So I get, maybe Innis isn't terrible, but my Innis was terrible. That, that much is, is clear. <laughs> um, I need to check his averages, I guess. Um, but, yeah, that's the fun thing. I used Mur. I got Mur to level 20. Um, and nice. weirdly, her stone was still intact, which is not how I thought. That's impressive. Work. Yeah, but I, I used her a lot because she had a fucking defense stat. Like, she was actually one of the best units on my team, um, which was, like, it was fantastic that I had her. Um, I think... This might be exaggerating, but I think it's possible that without Murr, I would not have been able to beat the game. Because, like... Uh, I mean, that... I mean, someone that, that bulky, you desperately that, needed it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a good thing she didn't get uh, crit by, like, a bolting on that uh, that level you get her on. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I would have reset. Yeah. You sound, you sound like uh, you're, you're living some bad memories there. <laughs> Let's just say I took that chapter real slow. Yeah. Uh, 2% you make crits, that man. mistake once. 2% crits. Yeah. 2%'s 100% when the enemy has it. And uh, thank God for the Garrick split pick because my sister would have never picked him and he had any defense, which was nigh essential. Um, and then, of course, Ewan, like, I made him a mage knight because, like, most of my team was on horseback, so I wanted him to keep up. But, like, as usual, he's pretty bad, and, like, if you put a lot of investment in him, he'll get to sort of almost mediocre, uh, which is where you can see. Like, he cast so magic, you... and he was still not that useful. <laughs> so you didn't go for the, the, the big dick play of the summoner? Honestly, I wanted to, but, like, I realized he was getting so little use already, I didn't want to make it worse by having him also lag behind my entire horseback team. Like, I wanted him to at least be able to show up to a fight. So this this <laughs> is a legitimate question. How much worse of a class is Summoner than Druid? Because they don't really seem that different to me. Is the only difference yeah. just caps? Yeah. Well, Summoner, okay. Summoner is just inherently better since the summons you can have something with yeah. where yeah. animal magic doesn't actually like actually get you anything. No, yeah, no, Summoner, not at all. Summoner, you and his meme, not because it's worse than Druid, but because you're... Oh, I know that. I, I was just curious because I remember in my original Sacred Stones playthrough, I went with Druid... Um, Druid Ewan, uh, and not Summoner. And I went with Summoner due to Twitch Trat trolling me <laughs> this time, even though I wanted to use Mage. Um, so yeah, I, I, I honestly didn't really, I don't know, who, who the fuck uses yeah. dark ma magic <laughs> in, in FE8? No one. Cool kids, man. Mean, it's those two. The people who want a Glepnir user. Mm. Yeah. Or the people who of use the, the stone glitch to, uh, to give any of their magic units dark magic. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, in a more, you know, FE8, you have swarms and swarms and swarms of really shitty enemies, so summoning one unit to tank, like, one hit and then die is not that useful. But in a more player phase focused game, it would be an extremely useful class. Like, if I could have a sure. summoner and shadow dragon, that would be amazing. Like, you lure them in, and then they die, and then you can mob them with your units. It would be Still not completely useful. useless, because, you know, if you're just walking yeah. forward and you don't have anyone to heal, or you don't have anyone to attack, like, you why not drop summon something? Yeah. yeah, why not? Honestly, I think they're fun. They're totally pointless in this game because they're completely unnecessary, but it's a fun class. I it's like definitely an again. interesting idea. Yeah. I really yeah. hope they bring it back because it's it's super no. cool, yeah. and I feel like it was underutilized in it's the game. It's been, what, like almost 20 years now? <laughs> they, uh, they really haven't. Yeah. And 18 years, Erica, maybe? I don't know. I did not. Well, I kind of got my trademark Erica in that she was, like, one of the best units on my team. But, like, as far as my blessed Erica's go, she was one of the worst which is not what I needed in this run. Uh, <laughs> you need everything I, to go in your favor. I haven't checked against averages, but her strength was not great, which doesn't matter because she's just using a holy weapon to kill everything anyway. But like, occasionally when you have like a boss that is not a monster, she was like frustratingly unable to one round it. So this, this is probably mm. the worst Erica I've ever had. And she was still one of the best units on my team. <laughs> that's, that's a theme. It's she's better really... than Lynn, confirmed. <laughs> Yeah. But oh yeah, easily. No. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So that's my team basically. It was appallingly bad, but as I alluded to earlier, it made me think about gameplay in FE8, which is not something I've ever had to do before. Hmm. And honestly, something I'm unlikely to have to do in the future, uh barring like other challenge runs. So that was interesting. That was novel. It was sometimes frustrating. That like fog of war chapter at the end where you're defending and I had like two units that didn't get one rounded, like that that was more frustrating than it was interesting, but then I like after resetting a lot, just turtled in the center and basically skipped it. And for the other maps, it was kind of interesting. Basically, FE8 has an interesting dichotomy where all of the monster maps are laughable jokes, even with a team as terrible as this. And then with a team as terrible as this, the non-monster maps are suddenly not laughable jokes. And that was like, oh my god, I I was like waking up, like oh wow, I have to play the game. And that was kind of interesting. It was kind of engaging. Um, I don't think the inherent design of this game is, like, bad or boring. They just woefully undertuned the enemies to be at all a threat. And then they tried to compensate by making a ton of them, which just means that they, like, mob you and die mm-hmm. because they are not... They don't do any damage. They just, like, attack you, they plink, and then you kill them in one round. It makes Or they don't even hit you because their hit rates are trash. Yeah, it makes FE a game more about making sure your weapons are restocked so that you can kill, like, 30 enemies a map per unit. Yeah, yeah. Than, like, I was going back and buying javelins and shit basically every Thank chapter. God they yeah. added in this game or seven. I don't remember which. Um, world map. What was that? If you're going to, uh, this one's the world map. Are you? Oh, no, no, no. I, I know that. I'm saying um, I know it wasn't in six. The ability to use items in the pre-chapter inventory so you oh, don't yeah. have to, like... That was seven, yeah. That was seven? Yeah, that was okay. seven. Well, it's nice to have it, <laughs> still. Yes, it definitely is. Yeah, so that's my team, basically. It was awful, but it was awful in a way that made me engage with the game more. So, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything, this run. <laughs> so I also maybe never like want to play characters. like this again. True. And if you held a gun to my head and asked me to beat the ghost ship with the steam, I would probably just let you shoot me. Sounds better than actually playing the ghost. <laughs> actually playing ghost ship with your with um Ephraim and Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of gargoyles. 
sound like prey for Navy, if you ask me. Oh my god. Yeah, alright, so, um, do you want to go next, Keegan? Sure! Yeah, go for it, Keegan. I actually had a pretty good team. I don't know if I'd say I had the best team, but if I didn't have the best, I'd probably be the second best team. Because it really just felt like I was doing an FE8 run, honestly, with the team that I had. So, yeah, I had um, Ford, Loot, Cyrene, Ross, Franz, Amelia, Cormag. I mean, like, the majority of those are units you'd probably use anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, like, your for... team could have been, like, a real normal draft. Yeah. You would have had, the... like, probably the worst team of that draft, but it would yeah, be, but like, it would have a been, real like, team. Like, if yeah. you mm -hmm. let, yeah, I think I said that during the draft. Like, if I left a normal draft with that team, like, I'd be okay with the outcome. It's like, I got a couple of good units, and sure, like, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. So, um... The best unit I had actually is one I didn't draft because it was Ephraim. Because this man fucking carried me. He before promotion he capped skill and speed somehow I don't know how. And then um and then after promotion he just capped him again because those caps aren't very high for him. And I think hopefully we do post stats because I I think he was only like one point away from capping strength too. He was absolutely ridiculous. Like I don't think I've ever had an Ephraim turn out as good as this one did. Not that my team really needed the extra help, but I wasn't going to say no. Um, I've always found Ephraim usually turns out pretty top tier. I mean, yeah. Ephraim's yeah. never bad by any means, but this this guy just rolled everything. And it was kind of impressive because for a while I felt like a lot of my units were already really good. And then like my best unit, instead of like the three paladins I had, was just unpromoted Ephraim. Yeah. And I mean, was... Ephraim, Ephraim's got to be like top five lords at least right oh, gameplay yeah. one i'd well, say top five. i think the new games have really skewed that yeah that's very true but like yeah just gameplay wise three houses takes like four of the top five slots. Yeah, i was gonna say take <laughs> yeah. three houses out and he's probably in there but uh yeah all of the three houses lords are so ridiculous honestly i was not I, yeah i was spot. not even considering three houses yeah but yeah if you took out three houses like the best lord yeah he's probably top five but because three houses mm. all the lords are absurd yeah but he's he's, he's really say, good he's like Ephraim, to me is kind of where a lord should he's very be very good and can kill everything but unlike path of radiance ike he gets a horse when he promotes and he yeah yeah things. And his only weapon doesn't have Path infinite Ike uses. Probably isn't really the best comparison, since Path of Radiance Ike is pretty much identical to Roy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's way better than Roy. Uh... He, he <laughs> throws Roy in the alley and just stabs him. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Roy, <laughs> Roy couldn't hold a candle well, to freaking Well, Chef, like, if you're doing LTC, Lord. I can see how he's equally useless. Sure, or a maniac design, or something like but that, like, but still. He doesn't fall over to a stiff breeze and he can one-round stuff both of which Roy wouldn't dream of. Yeah, and the Regal Sword is... Well, I guess it basically it's, is a rapier. It, the Regal Sword does less damage than a Forged Steel Sword. Okay, but it's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Keegan, yeah. you're run. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. So, uh, I mean, like I said, it really didn't... It felt like a, no a fairly normal FE8 run. I will say the one thing that kind of caught me off guard was that... um. Brands was kind of underwhelming towards late game. I mean, early game, he was obviously a godsend because he was one of my few units and I just funneled all of the EXP into him. But, um, I mean, once endgame rolled around and I had Franz and Amelia as a paladin too when I did Ephraim, like, he was just solid. He wasn't anything impressive. He got the job done, but that was really like, I don't know. It's, he was like the, probably one of the worst Franzes I've had, but he was still really good because he was Franz. 
yeah. and just everything that makes them good. Is accurate. Oh, totally. Not even a question. Because, I mean, really the biggest thing that Seth has against him is just the weapon ranks and the bases, and Franz will get there eventually. He just doesn't start off as ridiculous, but he will get to and surpass him towards the back half of the game pretty easily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so I, the one thing I didn't have that I was a little worried about is uh, I don't have a healer besides promoted, promoted loot, which I thought would be a problem until, um, until I promoted her and I basically made her a staff bot. I think she had A rank staves by the end of the game. And I promoted her around level 15. I didn't, like, go to level 10, because I was I kind of was thinking I'd last, like, another couple chapters on Vulneraries. But uh, I was able to get her to do everything I could want her to do with staves basically right on time. Like, right when the uh, status staves showed up, she was at a, at a rank to use Restore. Right about when I got Warp, she was able to do Warp. And it was kind of nice, honestly, to have... As I was, like I said, I was kind of worried about having someone decent with staves, I thought I was just going to be like SOL on using warp and stuff like that, or that status staves might pose a problem in the um, in the in the, in the last grotto chapters where you fight against Vigard. I thought that might be like dealing with Berserk and all that might be an issue, but no, she did pretty well. She also ended up uh, capping magic too, so her offense was surprisingly good for someone as fragile as she is. Oh yeah, that reminds me, I forgot to mention Natasha, who I really wish I could have just sent over to my FE6 draft, because, like, <laughs> you, you really need a healer there, and in FE8, you really don't. Like, they throw nah, a Nah, Vulnerates are probably good enough. Yeah, yeah I mean, I got by through the, basically the first half of the game without having one, and it wasn't really a big deal. It was well, a little inconvenient, but... So many units you recruit too come with like an elixir. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I would just yeah. <laughs> Basically, every other chapter, I'd just be like, "All right, whose vulnerability am I taking today?" And that was where I got all of my supply. It worked. Yeah, it worked better than I expected it to. It something I was kind of worried about, but FE8 being FE8, it was like a non-issue. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think there's much else extraordinary to talk about about my team because I think really about everyone performed about how you'd expect. The only thing I'll add is, uh, I honestly thought Cyrene was better. I forgot no, how she's bad, really she's real I forgot bad. how underwhelming her bases are when she joins. So I was like kind of excited about getting a Falcon Knight, and then I checked her stats on her recruitment chapter, and I was like, "Well, damn, that's it." She's basically just Juno. Yeah, she's kind of just Juno. I mean, it was still nice to have. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna complain about a free Falcon Knight with okay bases, but. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just had my hopes up, and the fact that most of the rest of my team were monsters, it kind of made the difference mm -hmm. in stats look even worse when she finally came around. Oh my god. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, it was pretty straightforward. I, I mean, it was basically just a normal FE8 run. I All right. had about everything I needed. Alright. Well, Darren just posted his screenshot, so maybe he should go next. Yeah, do you want to go, Darren? Sure. So I think we agree at the end of the initial drafting that I probably had the most powerful team. I think, I think so. so. Mm -hmm. I, if I remember with that yeah. with an asterisk after actually <laughs> using uh, new new team edgelord here. Yeah. Uh, so I had Gilliam, who major disappointment. I had to promote him pretty early because, uh, oh boy, that guy could not survive. That's surprising. He could, wow. he could like take yeah. some punishment, he but not... he was really hard to use through most of the playthrough. And he, like, I got him to a level eight general just for the memes, but uh, he very quickly dropped off and basically was like, "Oh, an enemy reinforcement is here. Just block a doorway or something." 
Yeah. He got demoted that status. Uh, Vanessa is a freaking war goddess. She is <laughs> insane. Absolutely. Oh my god, wait. His defense is only one higher than Ephraim's. Yep. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> without good at defense. level 8 general, he had 19 defense. That's depressingly low. Well, yeah. speaking of depressingly he's low, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get back to <laughs> Vanessa because she hard carried this playthrough. But holy shit. I have used Joshua in every single one of my FE8 playthroughs, and he's always been either pretty good or, like, the best. This is the worst Joshua I have ever had. <laughs> I posted this in our Discord when uh, we were going through the draft, and when he was level 20 Myrmidon, he had one increase in strength. Oof. Everything else was just skill and speed. I don't think any other stat aside from HP ever went up. It was insane so he finished his career as a level seven sword master with 13 freaking strength he's God minus damn, four dude. in strength by the way i just went and checked for you yeah that's uh a level sword, seven sword master with 13 strength sounds like one of those terrible fe6 free promotes you'd never use <laughs> yeah. yeah it really does that's Honestly, a good way to put it. He... You, you say that but then we all talk about the arcanaid possible draft yes, Ooh. No, that's true. Oh, but josh understand terrible people you think you've said... <laughs> yeah, joshua think belongs with that crew because he could no, I... he could barely two-shot freaking he's better than the silver weapon squad He's better than the Silver Weapon Squad. He well, struggled he normally. So I don't think Darren's was this yeah. time. I still, I'd still even put Darren's above the Silver Weapon Squad. I don't know. We'll see. There is a reason what, what they're just called. Weapon squad? Are you talking about the people it's... in FE12 whose only purpose is to give you the Silver Weapon they ah, join with? Okay. Okay. Yeah, because they're just so they're fires without it. Yeah. It's like Guiding Ring Sophia or Speedwing Amelia. You just yeah, but it's like a whole it's a whole subsection of units that join you, and not just mm -hmm. one exceptionally bad one. Like to put in perspective how bad Joshua is, I did the Erica route because you know I wanted to get this done quickly, and sure. can, I don't want to experience Ghost Ship for another four years or so. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Joshua would have died in that chapter no matter what sure uh but when joshua i always get joshua to fight kalash because of their their battle dialogue with each other because it's cool and it's badass and oh my god he barely walked away from that one round of combat it was so bad he walked away at like five hp and did like oh, maybe 10 <laughs> wow so yeah moving on from joshua going back to vanessa she's a goddess i really i forgot how much i like the uh wyvern knight class that this game added Granted, they're basically just wyvern lords, but more Pegasus esque. Like they can only use lances, but they and I know we dunked on the skill system earlier, but Pierce is mm -hmm. dumb. It's so yeah. ridiculous. A couple yeah. of them are good. It's just yeah. that well, there's most of there's them four skills. Two of two of them are good. Two of them are dog shit. Yeah, like like Vanessa procked uh, Pierce twice against the Demon King, and so I was able to finish oh, oh, off nice. Demon King in the first one round. round. Yeah. yeah, because she Boom. just Wait. destroyed him. <laughs> I mean, I managed to one round the Demon King even with my team. Does anyone ever not one round him? I, that's what I did on my first playthrough. I did one round him. Now yeah. I had to dogpile him. It took three units, I think. I just didn't. I didn't have anyone fast enough to double him with the weapons besides Ephraim, so it took a little bit of work. Like, Vanessa in this game, once she got uh, that shield from Walter, so I can no longer be concerned about, you know, the 2% the hit arrows and all that, 
I would just send her off and be like, hey, just go get the, just go kill the bosses. Just like, just wrap this up. Let's go take care of that for Literally. me. I'll be up there in a minute. Like on chapter 20, where there's just a million enemy reinforcements, I just was like, all right, just go clean them all up. And I'd have to, and this is the first time ever my inventory was full consistently throughout this game. And I, it was hysterical because I kept filling up on weapons and other stuff, and it was just ridiculous. And I had to keep load her loaded up with lances because she was breaking them every time I sent her out to battle. So Vanessa, great character. Recruit her every time. Uh, Sally, uh, he was a staff bot, basically. He was help. He was really? Kinda, well... It was helpful to have a magic user, but it's so late game. I kind of had everyone else kind of set in their roles, so he didn't really. Yeah, I mean, he he was he was worse than a mini pent for you. Oh yeah, pent pent. You know, takes him in the alley and I guess uses L fire on him or something because he doesn't stab <laughs> people. But the point That's being, he's basically rent a pent. That's basically what he is. <laughs> he's he's not quite as good. But uh, he, he did, he was, he has a decent staff rank, so I was able to rank that up quickly. And he, I mean, with Excalibur, he's able to get some kills because there's so many monster enemies in the end game. Mm -hmm. So he's useful there. But like against human enemies, he's pretty fragile. And uh, Ewan, I turned into a Mage Knight ASAP so I could have a staff block because my team lacked a healer for most of it. And that definitely made me use all of those free vulnerabilities and elixirs that all the recruits bring and garrick was a he was a pretty tanky version of himself in this game his defense as you can see in the stats his strength was 22 as a level 13 ranger his defense 21 so he was doing more tanking than freaking gilliam yeah and then he's good I, dude i think I, for, I forgot to mention him as i'm reading through this but garcia was he was okay for a little bit. I made him into a hero just for the lols because I knew I wasn't probably going to use him that much because Vanessa was doing things quicker and faster than him. So it, he and his speed just really drags him down. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for my run. It was, I, I think, similar to Keegan's. It felt like a pretty atypical run of Sacred Stones and then just with some extra fun with Vanessa just utterly devastating everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the biggest difference between you and me. Is I, While my team was like more consistently good, I didn't have a Joshua or anything. I also didn't have a goddess like Vanessa. I didn't have anyone mm. who just could... I mean, I don't. I really hope these stats get posted, because like I didn't have anyone who looks anything like that Vanessa. Like, not even close. Ephraim was the closest and thing. I'll also and also point like, out, she was level 20 by chapter 18. I, I believe it. Seems about right. So yeah. All right. Is it, is it me then? Yeah. I think you're all right. Yep. Let me yep. double check my team quickly <laughs> so I remember everyone. Um, damn, I just had it in front of me. All right, so I will go in order of who we drafted. Um, Wait, hang on. It's important for posterity to mention that yet again Devin failed to finish the game. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'll talk about that, I guess, for 20 seconds. Um, You're bad. There we go. Done. No, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I'm, hey, Keegan, my plan is... Stones is a very hard game. It's difficult to beat. Okay. Yeah, I understand. I, I get it. It's, it's true. It's pretty mentally taxing. I can understand. <clears throat> How you would true. struggle through the game. Also, anyway. just for clarity's sake, did we we all play on hard, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. yeah, I actually no, I played it easy because this Darren. game scares me. 
And when we all say that this game is mindless and you don't really have to pay attention, that definitely still applies to hard. And frankly, it still applies to hard with Seth banned. Like any normal team yeah. without Seth can still steamroll this game on hard. Like, like I said, like without Vanessa, grinding, just by herself. Yes, without grinding, could mm-hmm. do this whole game with her hand behind her back. Definitely. Yeah, because I'm assuming that no one grinded either. I'm just gonna no, no, that no touch the tower. Yeah. It takes a lot to make this game hard. You can't grind, you can't use Seth, you can't um, play on anything below hard. And even then, it'll still be easy unless you also have a terrible draft team like I did. Mm -hmm. And even even under all of those circumstances against you, I mean, you still still got through without being too bad. It's just like occasionally somewhat difficult. Yeah, Yeah. even with all of that stacked against you, it was still like, kind of tough. It's still pretty fun. Not like Although hard. Ephraim route would have been really hard. I will say yeah. that. Go- mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so let me let me talk about my team quickly. Um, so j- just very briefly, you know, with COVID and everything, I've been gone and I moved into a new place and I thought I'd have time to kind of balance seeing people I haven't seen in six months and playing the game and probably did. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I'm I didn't say, get it. I'm just going to say you did. Yeah, I definitely yeah. did, but I, I didn't get it done. Um, but I, I'm on I'm literally on chapter nineteen and if people are not familiar, there's what there's twenty? I think there's twenty chapters in this 20, game, yeah. right? Twenty one. Technically twenty two yeah. if you include the guide. Okay, whatever. So I probably have twenty minutes left of gameplay. <laughs> um My plan is to just finish it for the next episode so I can say I did and I'll touch on it for <coughs> excuse me, thirty seconds then. But um but just let the record show you didn't finish it. Okay, and also, in time. Let the, and let the record show you asked for the extra week. Uh, I that that that's that side of the podcast. But I I that was because I didn't know my schedule then, and and the day we picked wasn't going to work for me anyway. But I just, re- regardless. I just want everyone to have enough information to properly mock you. That's all. That's I'm true. To that's true. Yeah. That's true. Feel free to mock yeah. me in the comments or emails yeah, yeah, or on the one, Discord, like, whatever. Or, you know, like one for six. Nah, yeah, we we've got a whole channel on Discord made just for this. Feel Let's free. Let's see. There's just seven. There's happen. seven, four, five. I did six. This one. I mean, I will do. Does that count, or does that still no, not count? count. No, it doesn't count. Okay, doesn't count. I'm one We're for five then. Guided doesn't is, count. This Guided is a good does not time count. to mention that we have a Discord server. You should come hang out. We've got a lot of. Yeah, yeah. We got a Discord. We got a Patreon. If you want to waste your money too, anyway. Um, <laughs> my my first pick was Marissa, which ended up being better <laughs> than, than Darren's Joshua, which like, I think is the just, first time that's ever been said. Could utterly destroy Joshua. Yeah, she she could she could mess him up. Um, Marissa she'd sucks. take him out to that alley. Yeah, Marissa's bad. She's really not good, but I still made her a swordmaster. I really don't have anything else to say. Like she's just, she's just like a bad unit in a game with ridiculous units um but she's not e- even though she's you know she the worst unit in sacreds no she's no. a she's a contender she's bottom three she's bottom three right yeah bottom three she's a contender but she, so yeah. even though even though she's bottom three in sacred stones bottom three in sacred stones could still like mess up bottom three in something like you know binding <laughs> Or FE twelve, sure. So she was she's still totally usable, but you know. Not not the normal power level of uh other Sacred Stones units. My next unit was Renak, who I skipped <laughs> because I had Calm and I just didn't feel like going out of my way to recruiting him. Next up was the MVP of my run, Tana. 
Tana was my goddess. I love using her. Vanessa is, I would say, objectively a better unit, but at least... Hard to beat that availability. No, yeah. it really is. Um, and Tana, you really, you know, doesn't take too, too long to get her. You get her, what, like, chapter 8 or something like that? 7 or 8? I will yeah, say you get her right after the round split. The chapter you yeah. can get her on for Erica's is probably, like, one of the worst ones to have oh, a Pegasus Knight fielded, because that chapter's mm -hmm. got so but... many archers and axe yeah. yeah. But yeah. counterpoint, at least she's not trapped in a cell without weapons. True, That's with true. Geb. Everyone's favorite character, Geb, right? Bringing back six, seven-year-old memes or whatever. Ha-ha, <laughs> Geb, funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Tana's amazing. She got super strength blessed for me. Um, I made her into a Wyvern Knight, of course. As you uh, I mean, she's incredible. I don't really know what else to say about Tana. She, she's kind of ranked lower than you would think just because of Vanessa's uh, existence. But if Vanessa didn't exist, she'd probably be. She'd probably take Vanessa's spot, I'd think. Um, yeah. in, in most tier lists, or, or at least be around there. After that, I have Mulder. you got a lot of Fire Emblem. You've got the same thing with Shauna and Tate and um, mm -hmm. Florina and Fiora. But, like, in those games, they're more utility-based. In FE8, they can just also kill everything. So? Mm, I don't know. Florina's still... I mean, not, not actually yeah. okay, the win I'm mode. More <laughs> FE6. Like, Shauna, you're mostly using for utility, because you've got, like, six strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bold. Um, true. <laughs> I was about to say, isn't your base four? This base is four. Trust I me, think I your know. base is four. After that, I had Mulder, the Boulder himself, the mustachioed man, my my lord, my savior. Uh, Mulder's awesome. He's the best healer in FE eight. Don't let anyone tell you any different. Mulder is Mulder's super good. Um, good staff bot, and then he promotes, and he becomes a bishop and gets Slayer, which is probably the best skill, is it? I don't know if it's better than Pierce. They're, they're, mean, they're about I equal. Think, I think Slayer will carry you farther, because that's true. Yeah, ridiculous Just because it's not, it's not a luck percentage. It's yeah. just, if you're a unit just that there, needs like... it, you really benefit from it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of the two good skills, as we've already said. Um, Mulder's great. People, I remember when I first played this game growing up, everyone talked to me about how much better Natasha is. And Natasha's still fine, because you don't really get her that far after Mulder. But uh, Mulder, Mulder has better stats, he's better growths, and you have him earlier. So it's really just why not use him? Plus, he's got a great mustache. Great, great character art. After that, I had Colm. Uh, Colm opened doors. He, he, he opens a lot of doors for people. He opened a lot of doors. Um, honestly, he was definitely one of my most essential units, just because uh, when I played the ghost ship, because I did play Ephraim's route, um, when I played the ghost ship, I had Tana, who had basically no levels at that point, because I'd only had her for two chapters. Ephraim and Calm <laughs> and Mulder. Those, those were my units. The Boulder. The Boulder. So uh, not not too much to work with there. Um, after that, I had Ewan, who, as I already said, I made Ewan a summoner. He was totally serviceable. He sucked in the beginning, but just because I had so few units, it was it was super easy to just train him up. I got him to twenty twenty. Uh, wait, no, ten twenty, <laughs> and then some change by the end. Um, he's probably better than Amelia, I would think, even though he comes a little bit later. Just his utility is at least. I mean, it's it's like Wendy versus Sophia. You know, if you're going to be terrible, being terrible and targeting In a better class. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, 
again, just just like any unit in this game, and most units in this series, he's totally usable. And last but not least, we had Cormag, who, like I said, I played F-Frames around, so I got him a little bit earlier, as opposed to Garrick. Um, Cormag's good. Uh, he was not as good as Tana for me, I would say. His speed is a little bit lower, but, you know, he, he balances out being sort of more standard Wyvern with lower resistance and lower speed, but higher defense and a little bit higher strength. Um, also made him a Wyvern Knight because Pierce is too much fun, and Wyvern Lords, sadly, are kind of useless in this game. Yeah, uh, swords versus Pierce, and like that's not really a hard one to pick. Yeah, and, and probably speed. like two higher strength cap or something like that. It's, and speed. No, it's one. Is it one? What yeah. The so creature it's, campaign? It's, it's, there's nothing really going for Wyvern Lord. Yeah. So there's there's nothing, sadly. There's probably more to be said about Falcon Knights, I would think just because of the more resistance, which is more useful than one more strength. <laughs> um, I Honestly, I don't really know what to say about my team. My team sucked until mid-game, and then it got good, which is kind of the standard thing in drafts. Uh, it was yeah. really bad for me in the beginning. Like, the ghost ship was a nightmare. The ghost ship is never fun. But, I mean, with having, you know, Ephraim, Ephraim got to level 20, like oh, yeah. so early on that sounds like that <laughs> yeah. from path playthrough yeah, <laughs> yeah. he well, stole like a lot of just experience. by the end of his guidance chapter <laughs> yeah yeah especially playing a draft when you can't use those units to begin with um yeah but my, my draft was pretty standard even though it sucked it was probably the second worst after uh hussars just just yeah. like his once once you get it rolling you know it's rolling it's sacred stones it's it's not super difficult. Um, honestly, I don't really know what else to, to say about my, my team. I enjoyed it. Honestly, this was probably the easiest draft so far. I don't know about you guys, but... Yeah, I think that's pretty Even Even with the stipulation that we added uh, with, you know, a guest who had not was not familiar with the series or the game picking the units, it was still the easiest. But I, it was it was fun. It was at least, you know, for... At least for Huster and I, it was definitely... An, an atypical team, I would say. Yeah. I would well, not like, have ended up with those units. Being challenged in FE8 is a very unique experience, so I'm glad to have had it for once. Yeah, definitely. Like, for definitely. me, it was not the easiest draft. That would probably be FE4, maybe. I don't know. It's been a long time. But, like, that's kind of interesting. You don't usually have to engage with the gameplay. This mm -hmm. this far fresh from... like I know right now like the draft's really fresh in my mind, but I would honestly say it's tied between this and Thracia for like the most fun draft that I've had so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thracia is my favorite, but you know, bias. Yeah. But you, you also didn't complete that draft. Either. Yeah, that doesn't matter. That, that's Still how you know he game. really likes the game. Exactly. I finished the game that's probably my least favorite of the five that we've played. So. And like the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Probably. Anyway, th as I said, this one I would have finished if we recorded 20 minutes later than we did, but that's that's besides the point. <laughs> um, I guess with that, we can briefly cover a couple of questions and then head to our thoughts on FE8. So and with that, reminder, we'll... If you'd like to send us any questions, just in general, um, you can email us at emblemcast.gmail.com, but the best way to do it is via our Discord server. We have a whole channel yes. dedicated to questions, um, and we do look over all of them. 
if they're mm-hmm. applicable to the show, we try to go over them as soon as we can. And whenever we have a retrospective like this, you can post specific questions about the game, and we'll generally cover them all. Yeah, and and like um, I believe I've said in the past, but it's worth repeating. Uh, our the the link to our Discord is in the description of every single episode. So if you're wondering where to find that, you can find it there or on our Twitter or whatever. It's it's easy to find that stuff. But with yeah. that, as is tradition. <laughs> with that well as is tradition chef and sing it sing us a little ditty give us a little tune but man it's it's almost like midnight man i got i got no song in me. <laughs> mm. this song is why didn't okay. i finish the game but anyway <laughs> how could this happen yeah. to me <laughs> anyway we'll hit you guys with the music and come back with uh some questions and the last part we'll see you guys in a second Welcome back. We've got some listener oh. questions here for you. Um, so the first one I think we should go with is is Fire Emblem 8 overrated? Thoughts? No. No. I think if anything, no, it's overhated in like the discussion. I would agree days. 100%. People say I it's think... bad because it's easy, which I think is a ridiculous excuse to, to dislike a game. I mean, people you can, adore you can the Kirby the... series, but that's, you can... that's is a, I mean, people like easier. Final Fantasy games, and all you have to do is mash X to win. That's true. I wouldn't I, want to I feel I'm okay with easy, but I don't mind that this one is. I'm okay with people using it as points against the game and that they don't like it because it's so easy. But I think I don't think it's enough a reason to hate the game purely because it's mm-hmm. easy, because there's always more to these games than their difficulty. Sure. I will say I've heard people say that it has the best cast in the series, and I would personally disagree with that. But I also No, it's obviously like awakening, right? Thing to Her face. Of course. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say it's overrated just because some people say that. It it is a very strong cast though, and I think into this game's uh, favor, I think the writing is some of the strongest in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Like I said, a lot of really good pre pre and post boss uh, conversations that go on. Yeah, the main plot is very arch, but the the dialogue as you get deeper into it is fairly good. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Chef, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, sort of, sort of like I said at the beginning, all of all of Fire Emblem's strengths on dis- on display and all of its weaknesses sort of uh, minimized. Yeah, I I would totally agree. So it's I would say it's definitely not overrated. Um, next question is from there's a couple here, but uh, from Illidor, which who says I think he's known by something else. I oh no, it's just Illidor. Uh, he asks, why is Super Recruit Amelia objectively one of the top 13 units on F-Frame Route? Um, People who I'm played assuming, this route uh, have anything to add there? I'm assuming there are 13 units. Is that yeah. why? Uh, there, um, aren't there more than There's 13? definitely more than yeah. 13 units. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess if we were to place her at 13, that's like almost not a hot take. Sure, but Super oh, Recruit, yeah. really? We haven't even talked about that, <laughs> so, but... 
the Amelia and Ewan are recruit units, which means that they have to go through ten levels before they can even get to one of the base classes, which already makes them the worst units in the game. But super recruit is something you unlock on subsequent playthroughs that lets you keep them in the recruit class even longer, which there is objectively no reason to do unless you're trying to grind levels for the creature campaign. So super recruit Amelia is like a contender for like one of the worst possible units in existence. Yeah, I think of like a slight point in Ewan's favor. Doesn't he get all access to all three magic? He gets like animal get, light. He, and yeah, he does get so. Yeah, yeah, he does get. Yeah, all so that, the, there's all a magic. there's a tiny point in favor of super recruit uh, Ewan, but I mean well, like there you go. But like just all don't. of the post game in this game, which is going to be another question coming up very shortly. There's mm-hmm. not really much point to it because once you're there, you're pretty much done with the game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, to continue on with Illiter's questions, he asks, if you use Towers, Runes, Skirmishes to grind EXP infinitely, are you playing a game or reading a manga? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say you're, you're still technically playing a game because there's not that much dialogue if you're grinding that much. Like, um, if you're very new to the series and you're playing like Awakening or Three Houses or something, I totally understand grinding to make it easier. Sure, I did it. It's not always so approachable, yeah. And even just knowing that you can can make things a lot easier because it removes a lot of the stress. It makes it yeah, less exactly. like, make or break on every single map. But FE8 is so goddamn... Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to break FE8 because you're having trouble with it, just use Seth a lot. Don't grind. Just use Seth a lot. That's a more engaging way to do it, I think. I would agree. Um, I don't think we need to touch on that question more. And the third part of his question is, is it broke or woke to use glitches to give bishops S-rank dark magic to get Slayer Glumfnir? I love <laughs> that pretty woke to that's me. Wo- that, that's pretty woke. I, I love I've it. Never I wish, that, but like I wish I've, I've done it before, and I really wish I did it in this playthrough, or I gave myself an excuse to do it just to mess around with it. But it's fun. It's just Is Glumfnir really good? I don't remember the no, stats on it. I mean, not really. It's yeah, just it's, like, it's, this, it's just saying that you can do it. True. It's doing it because you, you can. can but it's yeah, amazing. it's similar to like the mind glitch in um in yeah. FE seven. It just involves manipulating a enemy phase. It's yeah, it yeah. involves using like the um the fire traps and the eggs on the um on the on the gorgon eggs in that one map. Ah right, God, yeah. I love the mind glitch. True. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, next question. I see these. Oh, go ahead. Go one. ahead. It's about the oh, I was going to hit that one now. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You never skipped anything. Here's the next question. Exactly. I just did it because the people broke it up. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Electa asks, is the creature campaign worth the time investment for the characters? No. I have actually never not. played it. It's not. The characters are all worse than the characters you have access to previously. The only reason True. is the novelty behind it. But a lot of them are basically just the boss characters from Grotto that are just at the same levels as they were in the game. You do so, get a couple of characters that, this is that not you new don't... to the series having these uh post game like extra trial units that are like enemies from the game or like otherwise unavailable. Yeah. FE6 has trial maps where you can get people like old Ellawood and and old Hector and stuff. Really? Uh, I didn't know that. And you can get Gwen yeah. here. Yep. FE9 has them too, and FE9 started development before FE8 or like around There's the There's the, the Spot so Pass like... DLC for Awakening as well, which is kind of similar. And I think in pretty much all of those cases, it's mostly all about the novelty. Yeah. Like by yeah. the time you're playing post game trial maps anyway, or the creature campaign, it wouldn't have even mattered if they were good, but they're also kind of not. Yeah, it's like the cool. tower and the ruins are just really boring. They are. Yeah. Why would you want to do that to yourself and multiple were... times? Yeah, you have to do it multiple times to do it. Because, like mm-hmm. I said, I've done a playthrough of this game where I've done 
all of that. And it takes more time than probably playing the base game. Yeah. And it's yeah. way and less engaging. Them, so why would all you, you have to do with them is just play the tower in the ruins again. Yeah. Like, yeah. After playing them like ten times or whatever. Yeah. Like if you're really that eager to get like Leon, like just pack the game and just make him accessible. It actually will save you time. It will save mm -hmm. your Learning sanity. It'll be more fun. Takes less time than beating the creature campaign. 10 or times just play life. Heroes where you can get Leo Leon for free. Yeah. Or just play Resident Evil 4, where you play as Leon the whole time. And he sure. jumps out yeah. of buildings. That's cool. Yeah, or Resident Evil 2. That's a pretty good remake right there. Yeah, okay. Um, um, so the last question, the I believe. The yeah. ever tried that worked. Uh, which is an interesting question, because that's true a lot in Fire Emblem because of the random numbers. But in FE8 especially, because mm -hmm. you can get away with so much. Uh, my favorite is probably immediately warping... Uh, erica into the center of the darkling woods like across the mountains because <laughs> i couldn't she was mobbed by too many enemies to even seize so she was just stuck there killing like 30 people on enemy phase over and over again and it was just fine she was barely taking any damage like i had to use an elixir or two but it was incredibly easy and even though it did i was going for like a warp skip of the map to try to seize quickly but even though that screwed up it didn't even matter it just worked anyway eventually my mine honestly was not even that dumb, but it's just the the first thing that comes to my mind in in the chapter where you get Cyrene, I literally just like warped Tana to the top right, waited a turn, uh, walked her over there. Cyrene took a couple of hits, even though I guess she probably technically wasn't supposed to because it's a draft. <laughs> um, and then I just one rounded Leon. Not not nothing crazy, like you yeah. said. There's I, I feel like there's there's a lot you can't get away with in FE eight, but I, I don't really remember that much. May, maybe the other one is just doing the ghost ship the way I did, because <laughs> Lord, having that many combat units for the ghost ship uh, yeah. was was not fun, but I did it. Yep. I well, think... yeah, and then obviously in a broader sense, beating FE eight with my team is probably sure. The yeah. 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 In in a response for a question, just so I can say this because I put it in the Discord and I thought it was funny. Uh, in response for dumbest thing I've ever done that doesn't have to do with this draft, I would say uh, making a Fire Emblem podcast five years ago. Doom doom. Yeah. Uh, I would say the dumbest thing that that I tried, but it didn't work, was Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know it was dumb, and you did it anyway. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, he's like the mascot of Team Edge Lord. He's not really contributing. He literally, but, you know, when I morale. think in my mind's eye of what Team Edge Lord represents, he's like one of he's like absolutely the face of the team. He's like the team I mascot. I mean, it's, it's it's him and Rucker. Who else? Yeah. Right. And boy, Rucker sure delivered in my FE6 run. But yes. man, <laughs> Joshua, Joshua did not. Did not. Hmm. He took all of the stat points he got from Joshua. That's what happened. Well, you know, better that than the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Anyway, uh, who has not gone? Keegan or Chef? Uh, I didn't really do anything like super substantially stupid. I think like, the biggest thing I can think of, I just kind of, in the last chapter, like right before you fight the final boss, mm -hmm. I kind of just threw Cormag at the enemies and I was like, this might work. I don't know. And it kind of just did. It just yeah. had him. I think I had him, I flew him and had him danced over to the other side of like that little like gap in the floor. And it, I was like, maybe he'll kill stuff. I don't know. And it just kind of <laughs> worked. 
I didn't really have a plan because I forgot how Jack Leon was. I was like, oh, I'll just warp someone up to kill the boss. Then I looked at its stats and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, Leon's fucking ripped. Yeah, he's, he's really I, I thought he was, I thought he, I didn't think he was that good. And I was like, oh, let's see what we got. I want to like, I want to see what I'm going to need to one round him. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Got it. Yeah, to, like, really one, to, like, be able to like one round KO, you need like Pierce, crit, Pierce crits. Basically, yeah. yeah. And I, I, my uh, Cormag wasn't strong enough to take or to double him. Or he wasn't fast enough to double him. And I think he had like two HP less than like he could deal in damage, which was something that I had a problem with throughout that whole fight. Was I only had like two people who could take a hit from Leon because everyone would just be like one res or one HP short of being able to do it. And it was infuriating what I had to do to kill him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing too crazy. At least not in this draft. And Sheffin probably just didn't do anything dumb. No. I can't I can't think of anything really dumb. I guess I did I did uh a, a Great Knight Kyle and did S rank axes. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah. That's well that's, that's a pretty like, good answer for this. And that, 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 <laughs> that's the only thing I can really think of that really dumb. <laughs> oh wait, no! I promoted Amelia. I got her to level two paladin. That's the yeah. really dumb thing. Yeah, there it is. We found it. All right. Um, wow. Yeah, so that's probably good for the question section. Um, should we just go right ahead and move into? Yeah, let's. Final well, I don't. I don't think we need a break. Let's just go right into it. Okay. So Fire Emblem Eight, the Sacred Stones released in what year? Sheffin two thousand two or four is well, one of the other. Those dates. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, while I Google it, do you guys have any guesses? It's 2004. I think it's 2004, because it was a late era TBA game. Because this game didn't have Roy in it. Mm. Yeah. Very true. Anyway, released in 2004 on the Game Boy Advance. One of the last major Nintendo games released on the platform, because we had the the DS come out the, the next year. Um this was developed simultaneously with Fire Emblem 9, Path of Radiance, if I remember. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. In, fa- in fact, Path of Radiance was announced before Sacred Stone. It was, yes. Yeah. Um, so kind of like a little bit different, but sort of similar to Echoes in a way, where we got you know the announcement for the next big game in the series, and then, hey, we got this little remake coming out too. Uh, this is along with... Fire Emblem Fates, the only game in the series that does not have any other connections to the rest of the sort of expanded Fire Emblem universe or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, this game pulls it off a lot better than Fates. <laughs> uh, if, 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 you, if you really... If, uh, I know there's I like some big lore jump connection you can make theory. to connect, uh, to connect the Arcanea Saga to FE8. Okay. So the connections are there if you really want to make the big jumps. I don't understand what you're talking about. This is a sequel to Fire Emblem The Blazing Sword because it came out right after they had that cool uh-huh. little epilogue that hyped you up for, for Zephiel doing a heel turn. You're right. right. Yeah. Zephiel right. just got Roy, way less buff. Roy grew up and got big and strong and changed his name to Seth. I remember <laughs> looking at the cover art, the box art of this game, and just being like, Roy looks weird. <laughs> really that's hilarious yeah. well in my mind i was like this has to be that game yeah whereas on the box art for fe7 you just say oh roy looks normal yeah mm-hmm. there's roy yeah there he oh, is hey, look, oh, he's, got a little, he's got a little hair piece like marth that's cool 
anyway. something that I definitely think is worth noting about this game is that while this it's it's set a real trend for future games to follow in sort of echoing the design elements of Fire Emblem Gaiden. At the time FE8 came out, they had been completely abandoned for like almost 15 years. So it was definitely noteworthy at the time. Now almost every game that comes out has some kind of world map, has some kind of ability to grind encounters between fights. Uh, but those were mm-hmm. both newly returning to the series since uh, Gaiden. So it and they would have been first arriving in the West yeah. like that too, since Gaiden's old and, and only in Japan. Yeah. So it was taking so, heavy inspiration from that. And I do think now it's kind of gotten old, but at the time it was a fresh, interesting thing to revisit. And it's worth keeping yeah. in mind that this is only the second game that came out in the West too. So it kind of skews the perspective of what the series is like to players here, since it kind of acted like the West's version of Gaiden, where it was notably different from the game previous and the game that followed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, FEA, where do we start here? So this, uh, as as you guys said, this was kind of a return to form in some ways for the series, picking up on, on a lot of trends that uh, Gaiden started with, with the world map, and also with two sort of branching paths and two lords for the... This is the first time we had two lords since then, right? I'm not counting um, genealogy, because that's a little bit different. I mean, there, were three, there were three lords in FE7. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you said two. But I said two. I didn't say three. This is the first oh, okay. Game to have... In fact, actually, even including Gaiden, this is the first game to have any kind of meaningful branching narrative. Um, yes. In Gaiden, you switch back and forth between an on the But it's all required, you yeah. Pick Erica or Ephraim. And not only do you have a different set of maps, but the narrative is very different. The Leon, the antagonist, um, has... I, I'm i not totally sure whether it's he just has straight-up different characterization or you just see different sides of him, but either way, you get very different impressions of him, depending I on... I think it's more that you see different sides of him because, yeah. because Leon and the Demon King present themselves differently to each of those two characters, depending right. on what he thinks yeah. will benefit him most. So he's more aggressive towards Ephraim, to try and anger him, but he is more endearing towards Erica to try and persuade her. Yeah. And it works in both cases. Yeah, and either way, I think it's really cool. I'm really glad Three Houses went back to it. Um, and unlike Three Houses, this game is short and easy to run through again. And yes. it's very easy, like, especially if you set a save point before the route split, it's very easy to run through the other route, um, which makes it interesting to see the other perspective. And it's also very necessary, because this game is short as fuck. Like, if you yeah, add the characters from both nothing. together, it's like about as long as FE7, but like still shorter because more of the chapters are tutorial. So yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like just in raw gameplay, it's probably the shortest game in the series. Um, and it really, really yeah. feels like that. Yeah, probably. It's not the shortest in chapter count, obviously, but I feel I think like just in terms of the amount of time you spend from start to finish playing it on average, what is the shortest the in chapter count? That's oh, it's four, four, four sure. Yeah, yeah, that's why chapter it's obviously yeah. yeah, because yeah. it's chapters are like four. So yeah, like that's no, but that's 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 a little bit different. That's right. right. Four is yeah, just hard exactly. to compare to in general. Right. Um, I so I love this game. Uh, I I really really like FEA. This was I've told the story on the show before, but um, this was my first game in the series, first real Fire Emblem game. Um, and I would definitely not be making this podcast uh, without having played this in my youth. Um. This has the best story of the GBA entries, in my oh, opinion. Oh, well, let's... The... All right. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. You don't agree? No. I like the FE7 story much more, but I'm pretty biased. 
that's fair. I um, like the this... Zephiel part of the FE7 story a lot, but I think the rest didn't really work. Oh, that's well, like two chapters, though. Not yeah. even, maybe. Yeah, well, that's why um, I would prefer FE8 overall. I will say, actually, I probably like FE7's characters a little bit more. At least they, they seem a little bit more memorable to me. They um, have a bit more time you know. to do stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. They, they do. Um, one thing I will actually give this game... A complaint about this game a little bit is is fun of a unit as Ephraim is, and as much as his design and everything, and getting to see you know a lord that uses something other than a sword, a lance for God, he is the first lance lord, isn't he? If you don't uh, like, yeah, the first lance lord. Option, but yeah, yeah, but that's a little different. Um, he's he's basically the first lance lord. Uh, so that stuff's cool. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Ephraim's character. I think he's pretty boring cookie cutter just i think he could have been dude. really interesting if the narrative had let him fail more than that one time but sure i i actually i prefer erica quite a bit to to afram um yeah but yeah i think leon is i mean probably top three antagonists in the series right i think yeah. he's great just because of the connection that he has with erica and Ephraim. Sure, yeah. and he probably well, and they gets develop it. some the of the The game most is willing to put in the time. Oh yeah, they have those flashbacks. He has a lot of conversations with them through the second half of the game. Most of I the mean, first half of the game is sort of wondering mm -hmm. about him, kind of showing Erica and Ephraim's side of like their relationship. Like there are a lot of Fire Emblem antagonists that are interesting on paper, but they just do not get the time to really be fleshed out. Like, hard or, or they're just or, evil like, dark mage, dude. Well, yeah, there's a lot of that you, too. You learn a lot more about Leon before you actually meet him, which I think works really well, like I was talking about, for the manipulation yeah. he uses against both of them. Because even you, alongside those two, get your perception and your perspective on what kind of person Leon is, and then when you actually meet him, depending on which route you're on, you get a very different opinion on who he actually is. And it's an interesting send-up of the Fire Emblem formula, too. Like, you can count on, like, one mangled hand how many games do not start with, like, oh my god, evil country suddenly invaded good country. And most mm. of the time, the reason for that is, like, oh no, a dark evil mage, like, took over evil country and made it evil. But in uh, in FE8, it's really, a, like, it's a story of ambition. It's a story of, like, power and hubris. And, like, the reason is very informed by the character instead of just being, like, Oh yeah, he's evil. He wanted power. I also right. part of it too that really works in this game's favor is not only do you have a great like leading villain in Le in Leon, but you also have the the generals of Grotto, which I think yes, make which for are great. Really cool boss encounters because they get so much screen time. Well, Walter's like, awesome. Walter's kind Walter of like Narshan, like but like not as like much. I think guy ever yeah i think the dissonance between the three original generals and the three newcomers is fantastic because you get yeah. to see that that yeah. whole thing yeah. play out and how and how each of the original three react to the sudden coming in of these three crazy motherfuckers and mm -hmm. they all take it dramatically different than the others yeah yeah i would say walter is probably in my opinion the best stupid evil antagonist of the entire oh yeah series. well that's what i'm saying he's like narshan but less comic relief and still super yeah. fun yeah. you know and he has he's, he's still he makes his presence yeah. felt immediately yeah, yeah, I think if Ephraim had a had great more design. relationship with him or with someone else like that, that would have helped his character a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Having really a cool. goal and you know something to live up the to. Pro he just didn't really have anyone that he would have had that substantial connection to because it's basically just 
um, Duessel that he has a connection with, and he joins you. Yeah, and yeah. Like, that's and, obviously and, and, important. And most but of that's I mean, directed towards Leon, like that whole rivalry yeah. animosity yeah. is is absolutely. I didn't sure. think this time mentioned. So Erica and Ephraim, they have a dichotomy where like she's meant to be like very well suited to like rulership and like the logistics of that, but not as good in a fight. And for him, it's vice mm-hmm. versa. But the thing is, this is a tactical RPG. Like all of your gameplay is getting into fights. So you just see Ephraim face roll and his his, you know, logistical and diplomatic difficulties are very much an informed attribute. There's never a moment in the game where he like fails to make an important alliance or like screws up an important meeting yeah he's which yeah he still is flaws, true but you never right. see them it's so still he's still on the surface competent in them at least yeah exactly and even then even though that's supposed to be erica's specialty there's plenty of times we could argue she doesn't do that nearly as well as you would think she would well, and, uh, the and jumping ahead to trusts... echoes this is not the first time you have a male and female lord where one of them has reasonable flaws exposed by the game and the other one kind of just doesn't but <laughs> yeah. true also guided but uh yeah and, and I mean, yeah. like, to, further goes. to, like, Erica's character, too, like, she also has, like, that, like, that flaw of, like, being too trusting and seeing the good in people, and she gives mm-hmm. Leon yeah. the sacred stone in chapter 18, then he goes, lol, I'm the demon king, and shatters it in front of her face. <laughs> and I think she's a much more interesting character to follow as a result. Oh, like, she is. I know, almost, I mean, there are definitely people who did it, but I know very, like, the vast majority picked Erica on their first route if they didn't already know the game, because they're, that's, like, who you're invested in. All you've seen of Ephraim is him, like, face-roll a castle effortlessly with, like, three guys. It's like, yeah, he can probably mm. handle it. I don't need to worry about him. And then I think it's interesting that you get... So when they when you, the twins rejoin in the, in Jehana after that, when they all meet each other and talk, that conversation is the yeah. same in both routes. So you see when each of the twins, whichever one you're with, gives their side of the story and their interpretation on Leon, you will see the other be like, no, that's not at all what I saw. Yeah. What are you talking about? And that really it's sort rich. of shows so the this, chaos even This more. is a good time to, to ask, which route do you guys prefer? If I'm going to play through this game casually just for fun, I'll do Erica. But if I'm mm-hmm. craving the like more of a challenge, or if I really want to like revisit certain scenes in Ephraim's route, I'll do that. But most commonly, over the years, I've played through Erica's. I usually yeah. do. I, Erica. I prefer I Erica's route as well. What about the you, Chef? The problem with Erica's is that it doesn't accomplish anything. Yeah. I, I, I I usually just sort of flip a coin or whatever I feel like. <laughs> I have I have no preference. Uh, Erica's, Erica's Erica. have, I will say the one thing I missed in this playthrough, and I, I honestly didn't even think about it until just now, but I think Darren will agree with me here. One of my favorite parts playing this game originally was that reveal in Erica's route that Joshua is actually uh, oh, yeah. a prince. Yeah, and, and you, you unlock the really, you probably unlock like the longest pre-boss conversation in the whole series when mm-hmm. he and Kalash talk to each other and he's just like, they're reminiscing about their mercenary life and he's like, at, at some point he kind of just stops the conversation and goes hey you killed my mom didn't you and he was like oh yeah. shit and joshua was like it's nothing personal but i'm, I'm gonna fucking end you now. he's like well, he's like I, i'm obligated to kill you now nothing Sorry, personal buddy. kid yeah, yeah. And he teleports behind him <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's an incredible cool moment like that. that's like just the, not in ephraim's route like something yeah. i i researched prior to this recording was i was looking through a lot of the different like uh story scene exclusive moments and mm-hmm. the the boss dialogue between um 
Ephraim and Selena, the the female general, correct? That's her name. Right. Yeah. 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 Theirs is really good, and it really shows the dichotomy of those characters, and it really fleshes out Selena's character in a really interesting way with her devotion to the Emperor of Grotto and her country. Yeah. Although I will say that that archetype of the loyal to a fault general that ends up going down with the ship is something that has been explored many, many times in Fire Emblem before and since. It makes Selena feel less unique and interesting than someone like Valter or Kalec, mm-hmm. I would say, comparatively. Because sure, you know, it's a whole the whole Camus archetype. There's like one in every game almost. True. But she doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, but... <laughs> a serious archetype. Oh, right, different characters. That's right, different yeah. people, right? Yeah, they're different totally people. unrelated. Just like the what's the I one? I don't know guy? how you even got them confused. What's the one guy? I, I don't know how you confuse the camas zero serious people right. with each other. Right. I don't know how you do it. It's yeah, I'm they're sorry. completely different people. I'm sorry. Um, man, I don't I don't really know where to go next. Uh, what about? So why don't we talk about some of the the different play editions in this game compared to other GBA games. How do you guys feel about the addition for the first time in the series of branching class promotions and Fantastic. the re-addition Great. of skills? Why don't we, we talk about those two things? Okay. Um, I love the branching class promotions. It's not super expanded upon here in this game, but it is an awesome idea and something that they've literally stuck with since they introduced it for, for good reason. Um, yeah. I think the this skill system reclassing can run into sort of narrative and character problems potentially. But this oh, I like reclassing though; it's fun. Potentially, a lot of people like it. I have my issues with it, but I will say those issues do not apply to this system really because it's limited more to the sort of initial character and starting class. It makes it feel mm. more natural. Nothing is that much of a leap. You don't have crazy stuff. I mean, the, the thing about it in this game, the thing about it in this game is there are some promotions which are just straight up superior, which is true. And, you know, it's it's a game. People are going to optimize things yeah. no matter what. But it's it's true to, at least to me, in a greater extent to this game than, than in something like Awakening or, or Fates or whatever. Because at least in Awakening and Fates, you have those different skills that you can pick up. Uh, and, and that might make it, you know, depending on the class and what skill, worth it to to dip into those other classes or maybe even stay there. But in this game, it's like, why would you ever, ever go Great Knight instead of Paladin? Like, you, you, the only difference is yeah. you just get more move. <laughs> it's Paladin. Yeah, so and why not go Paladin? Thing. Great Knights can use axes. Paladin. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. They can use axes, too. I mean, but yeah, moves. Some of them are pretty okay. Like, Ranger Hero. Like, okay, I like that one a lot. Ranger Hero is the, probably but, the best yeah. one, in my opinion. Yeah, because there's a genuine trade off. Horse versus Axe is actually Horse like. Granted, that's only, that's literally weird. only on one unit. Yeah, it's on because one unit. Only one it's, rig. Yeah, it's two, underutilized, two. but it's a great, oh, it's a great decision that you have to make. It's on Ross and Garcia. Uh, Garcia doesn't. No, it's yet. not. They're not no. Ranger. Ranger oh, Ross is a fighter. Yeah, right, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's only yeah, the yeah. mercenary that has that decision. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's it's pretty, the, so it's just Ranger, Ranger, Ranger Hero, and then like I guess. Oh, right. Ross Garrick. Ross Garrick. Then so it is too. No, Ross. No, it's not. Ross, Ross doesn't. Ross, Ross is, is fighter, fighter pirate. Yeah, Ross is never. I'm. I'm. You're right. I'm. I'm dumb. He does. Yes. For some reason, I was thinking fighter could go into that. Yeah. And that's the way to do. Like. There can be a better decision, but you want there to be a meaningful trade-off either way. You want there to be a mm-hmm. reason to pick 
the suboptimal one. You want I don't think they one. earned it completely in this game, though. I think it's a great idea, and, and, you know, it's their first attempt, so it's not really that big of a deal, and it's still more interesting than just, you know, using the Knight's Crest and, and going to Paladin. Uh, it helps for the replays, too, just to try yeah, something different. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like sometimes you go, what about Great Knight Franz? Sure. If they paired this system with like a real skill system, I think that would be a pretty like perfect balance. But as I mean, I, know, I, I might not. disagree there. I, I think Fates did it really well. Uh, Awakening was kind of too crazy in a lot of ways, but Fates Fates did things a lot better for me in terms of the reclassing and, and branching promotions and stuff. But this, this was definitely a great addition, and it's it's you know become a staple for a reason. And then the second thing, skills. Um, you know, skills Why were. They they're here, I guess. But like, yeah, they're here, I guess. Like it's not nearly as complex as it is in, in four and five. And yeah. they're much more developed. Yes. And then here, not only are there only four, and not only are half of them useless, but there's almost no choice that goes into it because the only potential choice is like choosing a class in the promotion tree because of their skill, mm -hmm. and that almost like wyvern uh, knight. Or whichever one is not Wyvern Lord is like the only reason that would ever come up. And Slayer, I guess. Th those yeah. two. Why don't I, I'm just going to tell list off the skills because there's literally four. So yeah. uh, the first one is Pavis for general. There's a chef. I think you were saying it's a level percentage chance, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's level percent chance. Yeah, level percentage chance. Defense chance. Uh, okay. One or the other of uh, you taking zero damage. You use a general for it. That's true, but also you're a general, and the whole point of that class is taking no damage. And it's kind of at the point where it's like, I mean, is there really that big of a difference between I mean, free can, and zero damage? against uh, like magic enemies, theoretically. In sure. theory. <laughs> it's, not, it's not useless, but it's one of those things that it's like, it's not good. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And like, you can't rely something... on it at all. No, and the other bad one is true shot for archers, which there's a percentage chance. I'm pretty sure it's the same level or skill or something like that. Um, to not miss, but again, the whole point about, uh, and by the way, that's for the sniper class. The whole one of the whole selling points of the snipers is that they have really good accuracy. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like Bullseye, they usually don't miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the, the earlier GBA games had they weren't really skills in the sense we think of them now, but like classes like uh, Swordmaster had a hidden plus crit bonus just for being that mm -hmm. class, and that's infinitely more useful than something like this. Sure. Now getting into the two good skills, um, first one I'll talk about is kind of the infamous skill in this game, I think. Slayer, uh, bishops, just inherently with light magic. I think it's only with light magic. Yeah, they can it's only use light whatever, magic. Well, it's with whatever they use. It also works if they you do the dark magic glitch. Okay, it's just yeah, inherent. yeah, as, as we talked it, about. It's yeah, just, so, yeah, it's just inherent to the class for any so damage So just gives you effective damage, which I think is three times effectiveness on monster enemies, which is more useful than it sounds, because there's quite a quite a number of them in this game. Um, it's it's also less you. useful than it sounds, because if you have magic, you can one-round all of them anyway most of the That's time. That's true. But True. it's really good for all those people who want to go into the creature campaign, and then you get Molder <laughs> right. and Artur, and then you unlock Reeve and use all three mm -hmm. of them as bishops to clear the ruins seven times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so then the last skill, which I would say is probably the closest to um, the closest to sort of a more modern fire emblem skill, is Pierce, which there is. I'm 
assuming it's also the level percentage chance. Yes. I honestly have no yeah. idea. It goes from 1 to 20% it is. chance. Okay, 1 to 20% on um, ignoring the enemy's defense stat when you do damage to them, which is... Which, when you think about it, it's, cool. literally, it's literally just Luna from, like, yep. FE4. Yeah. It's, it's Luna, but if you had, like, sacred weapons and yeah. lances and stuff like that on top of it. And it's worth yeah. noting, what also makes these even less applicable and useful is that this game is really short. So with a level percentage chance, you're not likely, you're not that likely to get to level twenty promoted in the course of the main game. So your Unless you're my Vanessa, low. who I think, well, yeah, is, is my Vanessa draft, the only level sure. twenty character in all of our drafts? I think it's still, uh, I think so. uh, well, yeah. I, 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 I had I had twenty twenty on like three people twice on oh. Ar uh, Arter, Cormag, who else hit level twenty? And then Ephraim on Ephraim's route, they all twenty twenty okay. out. That that makes Ephraim, sense. wow. Yeah, um, what was I going to say? I, I would argue that Slayer is probably the best skill of the bunch just because there isn't that percentage chance, even though it is still situational. It, it kind of always works. Um, Pierce is sort of on paper the best one, but again, you know, it's it's hard to bank hey, on man, it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see Slayer letting me one round lie on or the, or <laughs> the, the <laughs> human king. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's the thing. Like your bishop, if all the bishops didn't have slayer, they'd mostly be able to do the same things because mm -hmm. the monsters are made of paper, especially when it comes to res. It's just cool that uh, bishops are are really good classes in this game. Not necessarily yeah. because of slayer, but slayer definitely helps. I mean, in a way, it kind of helps separate light magic because there are so few innate units that can use light magic. So it kind of makes it yeah, light magic's special. really good in this game. Yeah. Um, man, what now, guys? I think, I think we've pretty much said all. I think, I think Chef sums up best that this game highlights all the Fire Emblem strengths and it minimizes its weaknesses. And I think, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I think that's probably yeah. the best way to put this game. Like, it's not. I don't think it's the best Fire Emblem game, but it really is a good showcase. It's a good. It's a good like uh, vertical slice of Fire Emblem. Yeah, if, yeah. if you were, if you were to that, like recommend why... one Fire Emblem game to like some random person and be like, well, that's exactly this, what I was going to say. Definitely. That's kind of yeah. why I think, in my mind, this is Darren might disagree, but in my mind, I think this might be a better starting place than FE Seven. It might. Be. Um, I yeah. usually I think like if modern... I have a starting game, I recommend either Seven, Eight, or like maybe Awakening. Sure. It's I usually mean, yeah. these two are super super easy to recommend. I, I and Awakening think, I mean, is also just like kind of accessible and pretty easy. Yeah, I think I think um eight is one of the more recommended games for beginning, but usually the yeah. answer you get when you talk to people is seven or awakening. But I, I think eight should be right up there with those two. Absolutely. Because it's it's yeah. just as approachable. I think it'd be more conducive to modern audiences because the, the I agree. More the, so than seven. Like the Lin the Lin parts where it really holds your hand, shows you how fire yeah. works. Yeah. It worked and, and, way better in two thousand what, two or three? when no one Two. knew when like a lot of westerners were like not very savvy about tactical rpgs yeah and so they kind of how, how do, that how do you down. tactic pretty yeah. much and, 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 really and that game was, like, like literally like move lin to the exact spot where the cursor is telling you and hit wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, but but we like, kind of wow. needed it back then whereas these days i don't think we do at all and so i think no, something I like think sacred so. stones where you can get the training wheels off quicker is a bit more uh a little bit more savvy I think yeah. these days. Um now, a lot of Fire Emblem games are very ambitious and they kind of overreach. And I those honestly tend to be my favorites. I love them. Like your Radiant Dawns, your FE fours. They try all this crazy shit and they have some amazing ideas and they also have It's like, something that I think this 
the series really deserves yeah. a more of a reputation for is that they're just willing to throw anything out the window or throw anything yeah. at the wall, and almost yeah. nothing is sacred. The, I mean, besides the core really gameplay the of this stones, game, right? Those are sacred. The stones are sacred. <laughs> God, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. But FE8 really knows its limit. It's, it's, it's not overreach. It doesn't try a bunch of crazy shit and hope that it works. It tries you know, some you know what stuff. I want to see? It has its unique mechanics, but they're all within kind of the bounds of polish and sensibility. That's not true for a lot of the other games in the series. And it, it really succeeds on that front, I think. It is not you a know what I see, guys? game. It is not unapproachable. But, what do you want, Devin? I want to see... Have, have you guys seen... I would assume so, but I still got to... Got to check. Have you guys seen Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Yeah. Probably. Point and click adventure. Let's oh. let's, <laughs> no, okay, no, let's let's see a crossover because we got the sacred stones in Sacred Stones, but we also got the sacred stones in uh, in Temple of Doom. They might have a d different name, but literally the thing they're going after that is like a bunch of sacred stones that they use to, I don't know, pull people's hearts out of people's chests or whatever it is in that that movie. So. Are Indiana Jones and Fire Emblem in the same universe? Are those the same sacred stones? They could be. Let's get a we'll crossover. Find out next week. Yep. Wow. Hopefully we'll still get that uh, SMT cross Fire Emblem game. Still waiting for that. And we'll get that'd it eventually. Be, that'd be another good crossover to get. Anyway, unless you guys have... so long on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess to round off, just to kind of compliment what I said at the beginning, the atmosphere is great. The music is exceptional. Um, it's, it's among the best in the series. Tone. Yeah, the color mm -hmm. palette, they really nailed it. You have all the amazing GBA sprite work of the prior two games, Just and a you little have bit a more slightly brighter. darker palette that kind mm -hmm. of conveys uh, a kind of, you know, somber, more kind of tense atmosphere than either of the other prior two games. I guess, I don't know, I think they look like that because the GBA doesn't have a backlight, so that was probably... Oh, they do. That, that's why it's so kind of washed out and... and, and... But I guess Sacred Stones, uh, yeah. they expected you to play on a DS. Wait, that also didn't have a back. <laughs> or, no, an SP. An SP, an SP. SP yeah, SP. there you go. Yeah. They expect you um, to play on an SP so they could use the color available to them through the GBA more. Because you could in some ways, I think it's kind of smart. It. In some ways, I mean, even though, you know, it hasn't aged quite as well, obviously, the strange color palette of, uh, of 6 and 7, it was kind of smart back in the day, just because, oh, honestly, yeah. I remember, I remember, I like, you know, like being at if, recess. If FE8 didn't exist, I would say that they were, like, amazing-looking games that were unsurpassed, but FE8 mostly sure. does what they do well, and then also does own its own different stuff better. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to give 6 and 7 credit here in some ways, yeah. because I remember, like, I don't know if you guys probably have similar memories, you know, I remember being at recess as a kid, right, and people people had their, their GBA, and everyone would be huddled around it trying to, you know, look at it, and you'd be outside, and you'd be like, I can't fucking, I, I cannot <laughs> see what's on this dumb screen. I don't know why it took Nintendo so long to come up with the incredible innovation of a backlight, but... They've been weird about just some random stuff like that. Just oh, yeah. behind the ball. Sure, just like the Mario 3D remaster only being available for six months digitally and whatever. That's fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I think... It has a hate-hate relationship with its customers. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to announce this now just so we can put it out there and give you guys something to look forward to. Um, 
either. No promises yet because uh, I gotta I gotta go over it with with the rest of the team what games we want to include here. But we were talking before this retrospective. We we usually like to end these episodes announcing what our next game will be, and we are not sure. So I think we are going to make a straw poll for that and either include it in this episode so you can you know scroll down on your your podcast view it and we look at it right that. now or put it in next episode i'm thinking honestly we should probably just put it in this one yeah but uh yeah ch- just check the description for for the straw poll if you want to vote on what um what the next games we cover are uh i would list them now but like i said we don't know them yet <laughs> so i don't want to i want to speak too soon but um either way I'm, I'm excited it'll be as much fun as this draft was i it's it's always fun getting over getting to pick your own units and then screaming at each other for you know that middle back half yeah <laughs> the, true the, with the last true. you know that, last that, that was really the one go. thing that we were missing out on last time it is true is the, the part where we all we all try and kill each other over one unit Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. This draft was more just like Devin and I chaos. Were to ourselves. It was chaos. <laughs> Organized chaos. That's yes. uh, you could describe this podcast in that way. As Organized well, like, chaos. It's it's so good. It should just be our tagline. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, guys, we're we should do something special. Um, got to double check, but uh, I believe what November. It's gonna be our fucking five year anniversary. That's ridiculous. Holy shit. Oh, Wrap in a basket. Yeah, we started this in 2015. Dude, I feel old. I don't like. Can that. we go? Can we go back? Can we go back to 2015? Oh, that, man. 2015, <laughs> 2015 was a hell of a lot better than 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's speaking the truth. Speaking oh, the man. truth. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been our our Fire Eight Fire Emblem Eight retrospective. We will see you guys shortly with another normal episode, and hopefully we'll be able to announce our next draft. So, as usual, you can follow us on on Twitter at EmblemCast. You can support us on Patreon to help us pay for that SoundCloud and a couple of other things. <laughs> um, by episode, not by month. It is yes, yeah. I I like to you know it's I think it's good to to remind people of that because even though I think we're you know because of other situations personal stuff for me and, and, you know, community issues, to put it lightly. Even though we took a little bit of a break for a while, I think 2020 has been a better year of uploads for us, but we're still upward not at trend. exactly two weeks. Yeah, upward trend. But, uh, yeah, we just want to remind people that um, we charge the Patreon. I, I manually go in there and charge it whenever uh, I upload an episode. I don't have it set to once a month or twice a month or, or anything like that, because that would be... Yeah, it'd be a pretty shitty thing to do to charge you guys if we weren't putting out, <laughs> putting out a podcast. Um, yeah, I don't want to get a tweet longer made about us. For <laughs> about how we're stealing money, how we're terrible grifters. Sure, because that seems to be the trend of the The truth about Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, better end the podcast now. <laughs> See that in five years, I'm going to cry. <laughs> All right, goodbye, guys. Bye. See you next time, bye.